Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president of McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Clarice Crow, novelist and speaker. Imposter syndrome. That is popping up everywhere these days in and out of book publishing, no matter where you go. Yeah. Imposter syndrome as a parent, imposter syndrome as an employee, imposter syndrome as someone who is into fashion or whatever it is that you're into. It can, you can quickly feel like you're a fake and like everyone else knows what they're doing except you. And you're just kind of like faking it the whole time. (laughs) Yes. I've dealt with this. I was listening to a wrestling podcast and the the person they were interviewing said something like, if you don't have imposter syndrome, there's something wrong with you. Like you, you must be the most ego, egotistical person in the world. If you don't have some form of imposter syndrome where you feel like you just don't measure up to the people around you or the people that you look up to or respect. And that got me thinking. Yeah. And I've heard too that um, people who are not experts on things believe they have far more knowledge on a topic than even the people who actually are experts. You know, that Mm. imposter syndrome has this ugly opposite effect too, Mm. where people just, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So I must know everything. I see that play out. I do. I see Uh that play out. Uh in my job and just, yeah, where it's like, okay, I've just been doing this for 10 years, but clearly you have all the answers. Author who's attended two conferences. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then I just feel like, whoa, and I'm like, (laughs) maybe I don't know. And that's where I get, you know. Right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about imposter syndrome from your perspective as a writer, from my perspective as someone who's working in the business. I think where we get caught up as writers with imposter syndrome is that we have spent so much time and so much effort learning the craft, learning our genre, learning how to market, how to have social media. Like we have all of this wide knowledge and it doesn't help that that knowledge base is ever changing because a lot of the stuff that we deal with changes. Um, You spend so much time on it that it's so normal to you that it feels like this is knowledge that everybody else has. Mm. And I am just, I don't have any expert knowledge in this field. I just know what everybody else knows. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not accurate at all. Most people have no idea where to even find the website for how to self-publish their book on Amazon, let alone know how to do it successfully. Yeah. You know, most people have no idea what the publishing process looks like. I remember when I was um, starting out as a writer and I was, I think it was either my first book or my second and I was working on it and I was chatting with some friends and they were asking about it and somebody asked me, oh, how many publishers have offered you for it? And I'm like, I'm 5,000 words in. That's mm-hmm. a big old goose egg. But that wasn't her fault. She just had no idea right. what the process is because I think probably a fair amount of people would be surprised to learn like you usually need to have a book done to sell it and you have to sell it after it's done, right? not before. Right. Um, and I think I, I dealt with imposter syndrome too when I started 
speaking at writers conferences and maybe the first couple that was that was less imposter syndrome and more like are you sure you should be here maybe there was some legitimate like fake it till you make it in some of those sure but since then like that's actually been one of the things that i feel has helped me get through those imposterish feelings is yeah. going to events like that and having people come up and you're like oh god kind of terrified because what are you gonna ask me i sure hope i know an answer to it mm-hmm. and then they'll ask you something you're like oh i've answered that like five dozen times mm-hmm. in my career oh i can do this this is no problem mm-hmm. but then they're all like that mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh okay we're fine hmm. I, I do know what i'm talking about and i do know more than what the attendees do you know yeah something that you said so got stood out to me and that's the idea that maybe authors feel like they have to have some what I might call like proprietary knowledge like yes. something that like mm-hmm. only they know or only they've developed and they don't realize how much of it really is just rehashed from one to another and it's just like this that's just how it is yeah um and also with writer groups, I've seen people do the whole, you know, they'll finish a book by someone that they really respect. And a typical example is, and honestly, a tired example, if you ask me, is like Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll finish, you know, reading whatever, and they'll be like, I'm never going to be able to measure up to Tolkien. And then they feel like they're imposters mm-hmm. because they're trying and their work is just like laughing in the face. Of, like their work is an embarrassment to the genre. And I'm just like, and you know, from my perspective, it's like, I don't want another Tolkien. I want right. someone well, new, someone different. I mean, yeah. Cause Tolkien's already, he's already out there. Yeah. He's already done it. We've already got that. We don't need another one. We don't. And, and his quite- genre is not trending anyway. So Right. That kind of, that level of high fantasy is, it's dense, man. Uh, Yeah. It is not made for the age of cell phones, that's for sure, where every time your phone buzzes, you get distracted. That kind of book is meant for like riding in a cabin in the woods for two weeks, you know? Right. And if you're feeling like, I'm never going to be as good as Tolkien, or I'm never going to be as good as, okay, you're right. You won't. (laughs) That's it. That's all you got. It. That's fine. Yeah, no one's asking you to that's be. That's a yardstick that's a yeah. mile long. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you can't be tall. No, yeah, no one's asking you to be that. And also no one's asking you to have four-star reviews on all of your books. No one's asking you to have a perfect track record. I, I was in a group and one author was like beside themselves because their star rating had dropped to a point that they felt was unacceptable and they should quit. And it was still an above average star rating on Goodreads, mm-hmm. which is a difficult place to get a good star rating anyway. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, Goodreads is murderous. Yeah. So it was just like that, that this imposter syndrome sets in with authors and we can spend all of our time saying, you know, don't compare yourself to others and right. be your own kind of author, start your own thing. But at the end of the day, it's just everyone's facing it to some degree or another. Even people who are successful, 
they write that next book and then they're like, man, is this going to be as good as my first book? <laughs> you know, is this going to be as good as my bestseller? So then they're playing the whole like comparison game with themselves. Man, that's unwinnable. It's a tough business. It's a tough business. So, it is. Um, so th- hearing that, you know, that conversation on, on that podcast about, you know, if, if you don't have it, you're a jerk, basically, if, if you don't have imposter syndrome, you're a jerk, mm. got me thinking. Um, because I, I'm not someone who typically struggles with, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty, you know, and not, I hope, I hope not in an annoying way. Um, but I'm pretty, no, you're not I'm pretty comfortable. Annoying. Thank you. I'm pretty you're comfortable welcome. with myself and my abilities, right? Yes. So even me, someone who's, I don't sit around wondering, you know, what people think of me and all that stuff. But at the same time, there are definitely instances in which when I'm entering new waters or new territory as an agent, whoo, that's when I start to think, I don't know if I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can, but I'm just going to be faking it the whole way. And what if my author finds out? So it's like this weird mix of like, I can do this. But at the same time, I don't know what I'm doing and what if everyone finds out? So then that's when I get that imposter syndrome going for me, wondering when people are just going to figure out, hey, this agent doesn't know how to do this kind of book deal or this kind of category or whatever it is that I'm pursuing for the first time. Yeah, that I like I like the quote that got you thinking about this. And for me, the difference Obviously, there are some people who have imposter syndrome very badly where it affects their day-to-day lives. Yeah, and I think what you're describing is a very normal reaction to new situation or Mm -hmm. maybe you've ever had like an author who sends you a proposal and you say, wow, I love the idea. I don't know if I'm a good enough agent to sell this book, you know, something like that. That's normal self-doubt. So I think what that quote's referring to is the type of person who lacks honest self-reflection to such Mm. a degree that they would never even consider the possibility that they might not be good at something. Right. You know? Right. Narcissists, I assume, do not suffer from imposter syndrome. Yeah. They are perfectly capable of everything. Um, Yeah, you're right. Self-doubt is normal for any normal person who has normal emotions and normal ups and downs and all of that and yeah the person going barging in and saying well I know what I'm doing and I'm better than everyone else and this is going to be a blockbuster hit (laughs) huh you love getting queries from those writers oh I love it it's great weird how I've never seen their book ideas make it as blockbuster hits oh my husband yeah my husband has one that's like that and he said, okay, I'm going to email you December every year and ask you, where's your million dollars from this book? Because the guy, oh, the guy was just awful. He was just awful. But he's one of those oh. ones who does not have an ounce of imposter syndrome. Right. Coincidentally, didn't have an ounce of talent for writing either. But right. that's how it goes. Right. Well, and when you don't have it, then it becomes everyone else's fault that, you know, yes. you're not successful. Well, these people just don't see the greatness. They just aren't as good at their jobs as they think they are. Otherwise they would know that there's a million dollars sitting in this book and 
Those ivory tower representatives. Right. They're the worst. Cut from the same cloth. And I think sometimes it's not imposter syndrome. Sometimes it is just awareness of I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And that's not the end of the world. That's okay. No. Yeah. Like that realization of, oh, I don't know how to do this. You mm-hmm. have to have that before you learn how to do something. Mm-hmm. If you're just walking around thinking right. you can do everything perfectly, no instruction, no feedback, no practice. Right. That's no right. good. So all is to say, you know, if you're that kind of person struggling, you're feeling like maybe you don't measure up, maybe, maybe you don't belong, you know, those feelings are okay. You know, it's okay to have that kind of like doubt that pushes you to learn, pushes you to be better, pushes you to grow. What is not okay is when you allow that doubt to cripple you and to just prevent you from putting words on the page, prevent you from reaching out to that speaking venue because goodness, you never know what might happen when you start to just take steps forward and learn and grow. And we've all been there in the beginning. We've all been newbies who don't know what we're doing at all. Yep. (laughs) Faking it till we make it. At some point you have to cross that threshold. Well, and it's like the wrestler, I mean, and I don't know if we should include this on the show, but like, so it came from like a wrestler who was like top of their game. Right. And then the host of the podcast is my author the cookbook lady and she feels like she's just like total imposter syndrome with her cookbook. Right. And it's like, these are wildly successful people right? who still feel that like, what am I doing? Yeah. And I mean, it's so easy to fall into because no matter how good you are at anything, there will always be somebody who's better than you. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's even if it's not right now, and it probably is right now, like your your cookbook author isn't a world famous ten Michelin star chef, right? That does not mean her cookbook doesn't kick butt, man. Right, or that her food's not good, or that she doesn't right. know what she's doing in the kitchen. Exactly, exactly. Right. You don't have to be the world's greatest at something. to have something to offer to the world. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.